Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Don't take your microphone off, your headset off. <laughs> Do I yell too loud for you, Zach? <laughs> I was putting it on. Okay, just checking, just checking. All right, so today we're going to talk about the history of gun control. Also, do's and don'ts for firearm purchases. Man, I tell you, people just don't know what to do when it comes to filling out that 4473 and walking into the gun store. But you know what? We're going to help you out today. We're going to make sure you do the right thing. Also, we're going to tell you all the do's and the don'ts. I'm going to tell you some of the things to watch out for. I'm going to tell you about that multiple sale, the things that I can tell you on the radio show, but I can't tell you when you walk into the gun store. I'm going to tell you all the little secrets. Uh, and I know the ATF is listening. They don't want me to tell you these secrets, but you know what? I'm going to tell you the secrets. I can't tell you in the gun store, but I can tell you those secrets on the radio. All right, so we're going to talk about that. But I want to talk to you about the history of gun control. Because when I'm teaching my classes, the License to Carry Handgun courses, and we do them, let me tell you, four, five times a week. And by the way, we're full all the way to the end of July. People always ask, why in the world can I walk down the street in Texas and I can carry a rifle, a shotgun, an AR-15, an AK-47 in the open, fully loaded, locked and ready, why can I do that, but I can't carry a handgun? And I have to tell them, you know what? It goes back to the 1800s. Back in the 1800s, it first started with no guns for Negroes, the Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws were a collection of state and local statues that legalized racial dis uh, segregation, named after a black minstrel show character. And the laws which existed for about 100 years from the post-Civil War era until 1968, were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, or other opportunities. Those who attempted to defy Jim Crow laws often face arrest, 
fines, jail sentence, violence, and death. Black codes, which they were called, uh, the roots of Jim Crow laws began as early as 1865, immediately following the ratification of the 13th Amendment. So you're going to learn today. I thought I told you. Ah, you just want to know, why in, the, why in the world do we have gun control? Where did gun control come from? This is where your first gun control began. So the 13th Amendment, with, which r abolished slavery in the United States, so those black codes were strict local and state laws that detailed when, where, and how formerly enslaved people could work and for how much compensation. The codes appeared throughout the South as a legal way to put black citizens into indentured servitude, to take voting rights away, to control where they lived and how they traveled, and to seize children for labor purposes. So you have to watch out for those people that are telling you, you don't need guns for this. You shouldn't have guns for that. Anyone is telling you you should not own a gun, they're racist. I'm telling you straight up. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Someone tells you you shouldn't own a gun, you don't need a gun, that's where it all started. That's where it's always been since the 1800s. Anyone that's saying that you shouldn't own a gun, you don't, you don't need a gun, uh, we need more gun laws, they're racist. And I'm going to explain to you why. Okay, when you take long guns, rifles, shotguns, AR-15s, AK-47s in Texas, you can walk down the street. You can openly carry a loaded AR-15, an AK-47 that is legal in Texas. You don't need a license for that. But when you walk outside your door, you walk down the street, and you're carrying a handgun. You're automatically committing a crime in Texas unless you have a handgun license. Or you're going from your home to your vehicle, inside your vehicle, there's a premises under your control, your place of business, a watercraft, which is a boat, a travel trailer, camper trailer, truck camper, motorhome, and a horse trailer with living quarters, unless it's using that activity. So using that activity, let's say I'm going hunting. Let's say I'm going to a handgun class. Let's say I'm going to the gun range. If it's using that activity, then it's legal. You don't need a license for the handgun. But a long gun, let's say I want to walk into an office building. Do you know that you can take a long gun, a rifle, shotgun, AR-15, AK-47 into an office building? How would they prohibit you from walking into an office building with an AR-15? Simple. They can give you verbal notice. Simple verbal notice saying, hey, no firearms allowed. That takes care of the long gun. Or they can post a little sign with a gun on it with a line drawn through it, a picture of a gun, says no firearms allowed. That takes care of the long gun. But for a handgun, in order for you not to walk into a place of business, um, we're talking about uh, private property. In order for you not to walk into a place that's private property with a handgun, they have to post a 30.06 sign. Person with a license cannot conceal carry their handgun. Or a 30.07 sign. Person with a handgun license cannot openly carry their handgun. And that's how you do it. So the legal system was basically stacked against black citizens with form, uh, former Confederate soldiers working as police and judges, making it difficult for African-Americans to win court cases and ensure ensuring they were subject to black codes. Now, these codes were in conjunction with labor camps for the incarcerated where prisoners were treated as enslaved people. Black offenders typically received longer sentences than their white equals. And because of the crueling work, grueling work, often did not live out their entire sentence. So let's go back to talk about the guns, though. When it comes to long guns, man, I got a brand new, I have a brand new AR pistol. I got a holster for it. 
a host. But the producer's like, okay, can't do that. Dump, brain dump. <laughs> Sorry, I had to dump that one. All right, so we have an AR pistol. I have an AR pistol with a nice belt on. Yeah, and it has a holster for it. And I also have a sling. You're going to like that. Felicia, you're going to like that. It's an AR pistol. Yeah. Are you describing my firearm right now? No, or? I'm talking about mine. I lost it in a very tragic boating accident. Oh. Very unfortunate. No. Mine's an AR pistol. <laughs> Got a lot of little, nice little tricks and uh, tricks on it also. So I have to bring that in to you one day and show you that one. Very nice. One day. You just tease right now. Just a tease. That's all I do is I just tease you. That's all I'm going to do. So when it comes to an AR pistol, you got to treat the AR pistols like they're handguns. Unfortunately, you have to, if you want to walk around with an AR pistol, you need to have a sling, something attaches to your shoulder, or it needs to attach to your belt, because that is considered a pistol, which falls under the handgun laws. As far as the a long gun, you can walk around, you can carry the long gun, the rifle, shotgun, AR-15, but a pistol, treat that like the handgun that falls under the handgun law. So I want to talk about the history of gun control. I want to talk about where all that came from because it all goes back to the 1870s in Texas. Back in the 1870s, that's when we first got our gun control laws because down in Galveston, Texas, where the majority of people live, they said, hey, we don't want to get rid of our long guns. We're going to keep our long guns. But you know what? The handguns in Austin, where the laws were made at the Capitol here in Austin, they said, you know what? We're going to relate, regulate handguns. And that's where it all started. This is Michael Cargill and you. Are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're talking about the history of gun control. We're talking about the do's and don'ts from walking into the gun store and purchasing a firearm. What do you need to do? What can you not do? What are some of the things that the gun store is going to do behind your back that you don't even know? But you know what? Michael Cargill is going to tell you those little secrets. All those secrets of what happens behind the scenes at the gun store. What does that federal firearms license uh what do they do once you walk out the door? What do they do with your information? Do they have to share it? Are they sharing it? What's going on? We're going to tell you that today. You're going to learn today. Thought I told you. When it comes to the history of gun control, it goes back to the 1800s, back to the 1870s in Texas, where they first started removing guns from freed slaves. 
That's where your first gun control started. And after that, they say, you know what? Now let's regulate handguns. We're going to regulate handguns. Tell people, you know what? You can't carry your handgun here. You can't carry your handgun there. Do you know that in Texas, the Lone Star State, do you know you cannot have a handgun on a horse unless you have a license to carry a handgun? That just sounds wrong. That's in Texas. You guys aren't even paying attention. You don't even know. Don't even know. When you're supporting removing guns from people, you're supporting it all started because they're targeting, especially when my liberal friends, and I have a lot of them. I have liberal friends. When they're talking about removing uh, guns from people, you're talking about you, you liberals, uh, removing guns from blacks. That's what we're talking about. That's where it all started. Do you know that when someone says, you know what, we need universal background checks, do you know what that means? Universal background checks? That means that, hey, we need to remove guns from certain people. And when, he, when it comes to universal background checks, if you're a convicted felon, let's say you're convicted of a felony, a felony 20 years ago. If they have universal background checks, that means that you will never, ever be able to purchase a gun from a, uh, well, be able to purchase a gun, period. Because right now, the way the law is, if you're a convicted felon and you want to walk into the gun store and you want to purchase a gun, a firearm, you cannot be a convicted felon. You cannot be convicted of domestic violence. Uh, you, you, and there, there are a long list of things, and I'm going to go over those here in a second. You won't be able to purchase a firearm from a gun store. If you pass universal background checks, those people, listen to those people that are saying, we need universal background checks. For those people that are saying that, you got to watch them because they're, you got to watch them. Got to watch who you're voting for. When this election rolls around, listen to those things. They're talking about you. They don't want you to have access to a gun to protect yourself and also protect your family. Let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about purchasing a firearm inside of a gun store from a federal firearms license dealer. So we're going to pull up the firearms transaction record because I want you to look, I want you guys to look at the 4473. When you walk into a gun store, you want to purchase a firearm. I like to say firearm because we're talking handguns and long guns and others. You want to purchase that firearm. You got to put down your last name, your first name, your middle initial. I'm sorry, your middle name. Um, if you don't have a middle name, because a lot of people don't, then you have to put I.O. I'm sorry. If you don't have a middle name, you leave it blank. Um, you're going to put NMN, no middle name. If you have a middle initial, you're going to put IO, initial only. So let me say that again. So you put your last name, your first name, your middle name, and then if you only have an initial, you're going to put IO, initial only. If you don't have a middle name at all, you're going to put NMN. That's N as in Nancy, M as in Mike, N as in Nancy, no middle name. All right. And then you're going to put your address. Now, the address is very important. Because the federal firearms license dealer is going to verify in box two there that the address that you're writing down is the address that matches your driver's license. People, let me help you out a little bit, okay? You know you've moved. If you know you've moved, don't walk into the gun store and put down that new address. Go ahead and put down the old address. I'm just telling you. I'm just putting it out there. Help me out a little bit, okay? Because you walk in and you put down that old address and I ask you a question. And I said, hey. Is this where you live now? Oh, no. I live somewhere else. This is my old address. Guess what? You can't purchase that firearm. You can't. You got to update your address first. So I'm going to tell you the tricks in the trade, things I can tell you on the radio, but things I cannot tell you when you walk into the gun store. So you want to put down that address. Make sure the address that you're writing down matches your driver's license. What a concept. Shut your mouth. Too much information. Don't need to know it. Don't even care about it. 
All right. You don't need, you don't have to answer questions. <laughs> you don't have to talk to people, but people can't help themselves. They got to give divulge that information. And then you're going to put down the county, the county, not the country. I know you're from the America. <laughs> okay? Don't put down the country. We're asking you for the county. My goodness. I I can't tell you how many you, you can tell the idiots when they walk into the gun store and start filling out the paperwork. Then put down the state and the zip code. Also, we need to know where you're born. Okay, we need to know the city and the state. All right. If you're from Florida, I need to know what city you're born in Florida. I know you're an idiot when you walk in because I know my Florida people. <laughs> you, you can spot a Florida man a million miles away. Let me tell you. Aren't you a Florida man? I am a Florida man. Shut up. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to put down your height and your weight. All right. And don't lie about it because I'm going to question you. Right? Your driver's license says how much you weigh. And I'm going to ask you about it. If you lie about your weight, we'll find out. And then put down the sex, male and female. Guess what? On that new form they're putting out is binary, I think. Non-binary. Non-binary. Right? Yeah, so the government is going to start caring about you. Non-binary. I don't know what that means. And then there's birth date. Yes, we got to have your birth date. Not the expiration date of your driver's license. We need your birth date. Okay? Um, and no nicknames on this form. I don't care if your, mom, your mother calls you Momo, Nene, uh, Nene. I need to know the name that's on your driver's license. And then your social security number is actually optional. You don't have a ch you you can choose not to put that down. But let me tell you, when we run the background check, if your name is uh um I don't know, uh Michael Smith, you know, or Jim Jones or, you know, a very common name, you're going to want to want to put down your your social security number. That's going to help us out a little bit. And your ethnicity. Yes, you got to tell us if you're Hispanic or, or not Hispanic. Got to know that. And yes, those are two different boxes. So I need to know if you're Hispanic or not Hispanic. Then I need to know, know if you're white, black, American Indian, Asian, or Native, Native Hawaiian. I got to know those things. Got to answer both those questions. Those are two separate boxes, Hispanic or not Hispanic. And then I need to know if you're American Indian, Asian, black, Native Hawaiian, or white. And then we got to get down to the questions. I need to know if you're an outstanding citizen. So tell me. Are you the one that's purchasing this firearm? Listen, when you walk into the gun store, trust me, we laugh at you as you leave. Because when you walk in, I can always tell if you're the one that you're, you know, that's purchasing the firearm. You know how e it's simple. It's very simple. A lady comes in and she's like, I want to buy an AR-15. Okay, so you want to buy an AR. All right, so which AR would you like? You have to call someone on the telephone. You're looking at your phone, the text message. We're probably thinking, maybe this gun's not for you. You're saying, okay, okay. But maybe that person doesn't know much about firearms, and that's why they're looking at the little cheat sheet, the little notes, okay? That could be the situation. But then we start, you know, we, we talk to you a little bit, and you start divulging that information, and you don't even realize the things that you lead off, the things that you say, you kind of hint to us that, you know what? That, you know, I'm buying this gun for my husband or my boyfriend because he's a prohibited, prohibited person. He can't buy the gun. And then I'm going to check and see, oh, you're going you're gonna to tell me, and we're going to verify and check, has this husband or boyfriend purchased a gun from us before? No? Then he's probably a prohibited person because he never walked into the gun store because he know he can't buy a gun. So don't buy the gun for someone else. You know, don't, buy, don't lie for the other guy. That's what the ATF tells you. So we we got to know if this the gun is this gun for you. It's okay. You can buy a gun for a gift for someone else. That's fine. You can definitely do that.
but you got to be careful. You don't want to make a straw purchase. Straw purchase is you're buying a firearm for someone that you know cannot be in possession or purchase a firearm. So you're buying it for a prohibited person. So be careful of that. You got something to say, Felicia? What are you thinking? I'm just learning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then let's go down to the indictment. Are you under indictment or any information in the court or felony? Got to answer yes or no. Have you ever been convicted of any court of a felony? Got to answer yes or no. Are you a fugitive from justice? Now, this is something that changed, guess what? Under the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah. And so under the Obama administration, if you're a fugitive from justice, you know, they could have denied you just simply for having a warrant for your arrest. But this is a good thing on the Trump administration because the DOJ, Department of Justice, had to settle an argument between the ATF and the FBI. The ATF said, hey, if they're going from one county to another, then it's considered uh, they're a fugitive from justice. I'm, I'm sorry. They're, I'm sorry. They're going from one state to another. Sorry. From one state to another, then they're a fugitive from justice if you have a warrant for your arrest. The FBI says, no, 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 no. You know, everyone's, you know, if you have a warrant for your arrest, you're a fugitive from justice. ATF says, no, that's not correct. You know, this is the way it's supposed to be. And the DOJ solved that argument. They said, hey, if you have a warrant for your arrest, you have a warrant for your arrest, and you're leaving one state going to another state while you have a warrant, you are a fugitive from justice. So they solved that argument under the Trump administration. And then are you, and this is a big one, are you an unlawful user of addicted to any uh, marijuana or any depressants, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? In other words, the use of possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medicinal or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. You got to answer that question. So do you have a medical marijuana card? Are you in Colorado? You know, got to be careful about those things. Because they're going to look at that. They're going to have access to it, and they're going to want to know. We're going to talk about that and some other things and finish this form. We come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice.
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back. We're talking about the history of gun control. Do's and don'ts about that firearm purchases when you walk into the gun store. But you know what? Before I go back to that, let me go to Taylor. He's my, Taylor Blunt, he's my on-the-scene reporter. Down, he's down in the ruck. He's down on the grass. He's there where it all happens. Taylor, you're at the protest. Oh. Mm-hmm. I am walking away from it right now. It just broke up around 2.30. Man, how was it? It was good. Everyone was kind of using their First Amendment right to speak what they wanted, and they sat. They sang the uh, Star Spangled Banner and the uh, National Anthem. Oh, that's beautiful. There's a lot of families there as well. Yeah. And um, it was led by InfoWars, though, and they did take everybody to the governor's mansion for the uh, protest. Is that a, is that a, until it eventually ended. Is that a bad thing? Is it by InfoWars? Uh, no, I'm just saying they're the ones who took them there. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I know everyone was peaceful. Cause I, you know how I know this? I You don't ever have to tell me, Taylor. I know they were peaceful at the Capitol. They were peaceful at the governor's mansion. Because you know why? Because they weren't being babysat by Austin Police Department. They were, be, they, they were being told that by the state police, DPS, that if you mess around on this property, we're going to put your butts in jail. Oh, yeah. They were completely peaceful. That's right. DPS don't play. So you will not – you're not going to act crazy at the Capitol grounds. You're not going to act crazy at the governor's mansion. We're going to hold you accountable, and we're going to lock you up if you don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happened? So what did Alex Jones do? I know Alex Jones was there on the on the scene, was he not? Um, yeah, he got uh, – they rolled up in their um, big um, armored-out pickup truck, and um, he got out. He uh, had them chant, um, fire Fauci, um, fire Bill Gates, and other slogans. That, and then um, he ended up going up to the um, – him and Odin Shorter went up to the um, BPS troops and uh, gave a couple, a couple of people – a couple of people give speeches. And then um, Owen Shorter actually said, hello, thank you for being out here, and we, we got your back talking to the, uh, the uh, state troopers. As well, and they were completely nice. I even saw smiles on their faces. Nice. Yeah, I love my troopers. My troopers, they do the right thing. They actually follow what the law is. You know, they, they, I, I, never have, I never have any problems with DPS troopers. You know, they know the law. They follow the law. Plus, they have all their family members come take my class. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, at, so everyone stayed in line. Or, oh, man, you got to tell me something. Something bad happened, right? Something bad. Uh, a couple counter protesters showed up. Some guy uh, kept running up when people trying to give speeches and blowing a. Hey, Taylor, horn. wait. Did the boob lady show up? The boob lady? I've yeah, never you, heard of her. You know who that is? Oh, that's the lady. She loves to show her boobs and talk about how guns are bad and stuff. And she, you know, she, huh. always, she loves to chant my name for some well, reason. I think she. Fortunately, she did not show up. She thinks about me when she's uh, she's going home at night. I have never heard her <laughs> chant your name, but really? I've seen the boob lady pretty often oh, during yeah. legislative session. That's she's my always fu- outside um, the Capitol. That's my future wife. Yes. Yikes! You can do so wow. much better. Yeah, I could. I mean, we've seen her boobs. <laughs> I like so, the way like, they droop, though. Yeah. Michael likes a challenge. <laughs> yeah, we love a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he likes projects. That's right. Let her know that if you see her, you'll see her one of the days. She put little, you know, little stars on her stuff there, and we, you'll see her. Tell her Michael Cargill says hi. I will. To hi. <laughs> Tell him thinking about her. All right. So, hey, hey, Taylor, I need you to meet me at the mm-hmm. at my location there on Congress. All right. Okay. I will. I'll be there. Five thirty. 
All right, you gonna be there? Yes, I will. Outstanding. All right, I'll see you then. Thank you, Taylor. Taylor Blunt, he's on the scene. He's at the Capitol. He's at the at City Hall. He's always downtown Austin. He's everywhere. He's letting us know what's going on, whether where all those protests are down around and around in and around Austin. Thank you, Taylor. All right, so let's go back to talking about the do's and the don'ts for firearm purchases. All right, so when you fill out this form, the 4473, um, once we get past the felony portion, we get past the marijuana stuff, you know, yeah, you got to let us know if you're, you're addicted to any controlled substances, unfortunately. And then we need to know, have you ever been adjudicated as a mental defective or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? And I don't know what it is about people that lie about this. You know if you've been put in the facility against your will. That's what they're asking. Have you been put in the facility against your will? Have you ever been discharged from the armed forces under dishonorable conditions? That's something that people are shocked by. If you've been kicked out of the military under dishonorable conditions, you cannot purchase a firearm from a gun store. Are you subject to a court order, restraining order, uh, from harassing, stalking, or threatening a child or intimate partner or child of a such partner? You can't get a handgun license. You can't buy a gun if you've been uh, subject to a restraining order or harassing or stalking or threatening a child or intimate partner. Have you ever been convicted in any court of a misdemeanor crime of domestic violence? A simple Class C domestic violence will prohibit you from purchasing a firearm from a federal firearms license dealer. And then we need to know, are you a U.S. citizen? Are you, in, you know, you're a citizen of this country or you're a citizen of another country? Got to put down those other countries. If you are, have you ever renounced your United States citizenship? Be careful what you say when you have those protests. We're watching. <laughs> and are you an alien illegally, unlawfully in the United States? Got to be here legally in the United States. And are you an alien who has been admitted to the United States under non-immigrant visa? Just need to know that so they can run that background check. And then... Then once you've done that, you've done that, you've answered those questions, you got to turn to the next page, page two, sign the form, and you're acknowledging that, hey, you certified that everything on this form is true and accurate and correct and complete. And you're going to put the date, the date that you signed the form. And then we're going to put on here, if you're buying a handgun, loan gun, or other, we're going to write down your driver's license number, the expiration date of your driver's license. Now, in this day and age, people have problems with their expiration date because their driver's license has expired or they've moved and they need to update their address. But the DPS is closed. You can't get there. There's some other options out there for you. All right. So let's say your driver's license is expired. Hopefully you have a passport because unfortunately, if your driver's license is expired, you can't use it if it's expired. You got to have a passport or some other type of ID, state-issued ID uh, that we can take, you know, or government ID that we can take that's not expired, unfortunately, because the federal government does not care that the DPS driver license office is closed. And then let's say your address does not match your driver's license because you moved. Well, what we can do in a situation like that is we can still use your driver's license as an ID to identify you as long as it's, up, as long as it's not expired. And then we have to take either we need a, some type of utility bill, like a you know electric bill, you know your vehicle registration with the current address that you live in. We need two of something. Take two of those. We're gonna write that down in 18B, some sup, supplement government issue documentation there. And then we're gonna 
run your background check. We're going to contact the FBI, the Knicks. We actually type it into a computer, and they're going to either tell us proceed, out you go with the gun, delayed. You have to wait three business days unless we call you back sooner. So, for example, let's say you bought the gun on Friday and you're delayed. That means you have to wait. You know, you can't do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday doesn't include the weekend. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Thursday, if we don't get a response from the Knicks, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, then you can walk back in on Thursday and pick up the firearm. And they'll tell us, yes, proceed or delayed, you know. Or denied. If you're denied, then no, you can't get the gun because that means that back on page one, one of those questions there, you didn't answer correctly. So something's going on there. So definitely check those questions because that's the reason you'll be denied from purchasing a firearm. Now, on that form, on page three, we're going to write down the manufacturer, the model, the serial number, the type, and the caliber of the firearm. That information is not going to be given to the the FBI or the ATF unless that gun's been found to use used in a crime. Or if you walk into the gun store, you buy two handguns or more in a five-day period, two long guns or more in a five-day period, then that gun store has to fill out a what we call the report of multiple sale forms. So take a look at this form. It's called a, we're going to put this up on the screen for you. It's a report of multiple sale form. We have to fill this report out. And this report, we're going to fax this into the FBI, the NICS, the National Instant Criminal background check system and we're also going to fax it into or email it into the chief law enforcement officer in a county that you live in this is important i can tell you this on the radio show i cannot tell you this in the gun store i can be arrested with obstructing justice so you walk into the gun store you buy two handguns or more in a five-day period two long guns or more in a five-day period that FFL dealer has to fill out this form, the report of multiple cell form, with everything about you, everything about the pistol. They're going to put down the pistol, the serial number, the manufacturer, the model, the caliber, and the date we transferred it to you. They're going to put down your last name, first name, middle initial, your address, your sex, your ethnicity, your race, identification number, you know, the driver's license, that number, the date of birth, the place of birth, everything about you. And we're going to fax that into the FBI, the NICS, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, also the chief law enforcement officer in the county that you live in. If you buy two handguns or more in a five-day period or two long guns or more in a five-day period. Now, we, since we are a, a manufacturer of firearms, we actually have a, uh, a manufacturer's license. I can manufacture firearms. I have a, a type, what they call a Type 07 Federal Firearms License Dealer license. So that means that I don't have to report the long gun sales. Now, we only do the handgun sales. Now, keep in mind, this does not include law receivers. You can buy 10 law receivers if you want to, 10 strip law receivers. But if you buy 10 long guns, that gets reported. Two long guns gets reported from other federal firearms licenses. Either from us, no. If you buy two handguns or more, we have to fill out this form and send that into the, the, the DOJ, basically. So... And that's because we border Mexico, and if any state that borders a foreign country, they have to fill out these multiple cell forms and send that in by the close of business of that day. So that means that your chief law enforcement officer in the county that you live in, they will know the make, model, serial number of the guns that you have. And that's how they can find out what guns you own and possess. So keep that in mind when you walk into the gun store to purchase multiple 
firearms within five days. We come back from the break. Going to find out what's going on around the what on the, around the country. Going to find out, find out what's going on in current events, and also answer any questions that you have. Give us a call. Our call in number. What is it? Five one two five four three two two eight four. That's five one two five four three two two eight four. Give me a call. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening. Come and talk it. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chat Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Talk 13.7. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Hey, 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 how you doing? It's a great day. Man, I tell you, don't worry about all that. What is that little fever? That's that that little that little that thing going around fog no not, not the not the rona <laughs> we're not talking about the rona i'm talking about that little fog oh, that's, that's the saharan dust the, the saharan dust yeah all the way from africa all the way from my homeland of africa well i tell you mama motherland is reaching out and touching you a little bit letting you know hey we're still here we exist and that rona is coming up on you you're in there all right so our call in number is 512 that's 512-543-2284. This is the time. Call me up. Ask me questions. What do you want to know about the gun laws? What do you know, want to know? Can you do this? Because the biggest, oh, my goodness, what is up with this week with people asking us about face masks and guns? Yes, you can wear a face mask and carry a gun in Texas. It's okay. You can do it. I do it. I'm a black guy. And I walk into the bank with a face mask and carrying a gun in the open. Yes, Felicia, I do this. I know. I've seen it on Facebook. Yes. But everyone at that bank loves you anyway. So. I, I, and I try to go in all the different banks. I, I want to wear my face mask and so and walk and say, you know what? I like to take all my money out of the bank. <laughs> all right, let's go to the phone lines. Call me up. Ask me. Ask me those hard questions. 512-543-2284. It's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on with Come and Talk It. Hi, Michael. Hey, what's up, Dave? What's going on, Dave? Hey, I was in your class yesterday morning. Oh, man. You brought up something. Was it a good class? 
It's very good. I really, I, I appreciate you a lot. Man. All right, good. All right, good. I hope, I'll be, I'll I want be, you, hope you learned a lot. I did. Uh, one thing you brought up that I want a little more clarification on was about gifting a handgun. Mm-hmm. And I want to give my daughter a handgun, and she says that she probably will probably need to do uh, go to a gun store and do paperwork. Nah. And I said, I, I don't think so. Nah, you don't have to do that. No, it's okay for you to give someone a gift. You can give your daughter a gift, and you can, and that can be a gift of a gun. So you can buy a gun, and you can give it to her as a gift. You don't have to walk into a gun store and transfer it from one person's name to another. That doesn't exist. There's no such thing. But you know what? You tell her if she wants to, I'll take that $25 transfer fee, and she can walk into the gun store with you, fill out the paperwork, and we can log that into our books, and then we can do a background check on her, have her fill out the form, and transfer it to her and charge her 25 bucks for it. If she wants to, I'll do it because I want to make sure she's comfortable. <laughs> but there's no need. You don't have to. But I'll take that $25 from her. That works for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, not a problem at all. Let me tell you guys, call me. Ask me those questions. This is your chance, 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. Ask me those hard questions. Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, what can you, what can and can you not do? Definitely give us a call. Zach, come on. Give me some hard, Zach. Uh, what's the weirdest question you've ever been asked in class? The weir- uh, Can I shoot a cop? <laughs> that's, that's like, oh, my God, no. No, don't do that. Oh, yeah, I hate that question. I get that. Uh, yes. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. No, please don't do that. And I get that. I've been getting that a lot lately with protests and things of that nature. And as especially when the pro- we're in the heart of the protest, People were just like, hey, can I shoot a cop? If, if I was videotaping and I see this cop doing something and looks like they're taking this person's life, can I just shoot them to get them to stop? No, don't do that. I said, here, let's think about this. Let's break this down. Okay, so you're videotaping. You're there, and you see a cop using greater force than necessary to arrest someone. That's what we're talking about. And then you pull out a, a weapon or something. You stop that police officer. You kill him. What's going to happen is, what do you think is going to happen when his backup shows up? When his backup shows up, they're going to kill you. So only thing in that situation you can do is document it, be a good witness, videotape it, and comply. Because if you do something, you're going to die. And unfortunately, that's how it's going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to make you rich. Zach, I make him rich. Here's how you make him rich. I say, if an officer's doing this to you, let's say they're using greater force than necessary to arrest you. Don't resist. Don't be disorderly. Comply. And then, if they're doing something wrong, you sue. I want to make you rich. You sue. Do you know what Travis County, the Austin Police Department, they will settle? The city of Austin will settle. You will, you will win some money. I'm going to make you rich. Sue. They'll pay a lot of money. Too. They'll pay a lot of money. They set money aside. Yes, just for that, Felicia, they set money aside. They said, hey, you know what? We mess up. We do stuff wrong. We're not going to prosecute. We're not going to prosecute. They're not going to prosecute that officer. You're not going to get joy that way. But you can get joy by, uh, excuse me, can you write that check for $1 million, please, for choking me too hard? Yeah, they'll pay. They set money aside for that, Pam, pay, uh, for, for things like that. Yeah, I'm aware. 
I mean, and and this is one of the reasons that I think reforming the police is so prominent in today's conversations mm. is because cities and police departments should not be preparing for their officers to use excessive force. <laughs> that that's what they're doing, and they're refusing to prosecute. Set money aside for it. Yeah, they're they're literally preparing for it. It's like, or maybe you could use that money to better train your officers so that this is an issue. That but what you they have do? Do with. you know they give DAs a pass? Your district attorneys get a pass. No one pays attention attention to district attorneys, and they're the ones that are responsible for prosecuting them. Yeah. What do you mean they get a pass? They just they get a pass. And the fact that they right don't now, prosecute? if you're if you're upset about what's happening with your police department in whatever city you live in. You should be standing at the district attorney's office right now protesting that DA because that person has the power. And in Travis County, all these people that are standing at the police department, you're wasting your energy. If you're standing at the Capitol, you're wasting your energy. But if you're standing at the DA's office, the Travis County DA is the most powerful DA in the entire state of Texas. The Travis County DA is the most powerful district attorney in the entire state of Texas. The Travis County DA is the most powerful district attorney in the entire state of Texas. Why do I say that? Because the Travis County DA is the only DA in the state that can prosecute an elected official. They have the special office right there for them to prosecute elected officials at Travis County. That's who, the who would they prosecute? They can. They, who should they? Prosecute? A state representative, a state senator. And they can actually prosecute those people, and and we need to focus on them. That Should DA, we need to focus them? on that DA. Should that, they do that? Should they prosecute? I don't know. Rep? Don't know. Don't know. If they've done something wrong, then maybe yes, they should. Let's go to the phone lines. Our call in number is five one two five four three two two eight four. That's five one two five four three two two eight four. Give me a call. Ask me those hard questions. Let's go to line one. Yes, sir. You're on, you're, yes, you're on with Come and Talk It. Hey, that boob lady, is that something you actually want to see, or am I going to be like, oh, man, I didn't want to see that? Nah, you ain't going to want to see it. I'm, I'm telling you straight up, <laughs> you don't want to see it, you're going to wish you had never seen it before in your life, let me tell you. Different strokes for different folks. Nah, you ain't going to want to see that. Trust me. <laughs> what you got for well, me? Well, thanks. I won't be looking then. No, don't look. Put on your shades. I'm telling you now. You're going to learn today. <laughs> I thought I told you. All right. Enjoy your show. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> nah, you don't want to see the boob later. I'm telling you now. No, you're going to go blind for a year. Because <laughs> they ain't real low. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. What's going on? What's what's happening? So, Zach, you sent me some stuff on text messages uh, this week that was going on around the country. What was it? Remember what, what it was? What did I send you? I don't even know. You sent me some good stuff. What's going on? What's going on out there? Hey, Felicia, we had the, um, the Travis County um, Convention. Yeah, so the Travis County Republican Party had their Senate District Convention yesterday because we are gearing up for the Republican Party of Texas Convention that is in less than three weeks. Wow. Yeah, getting ready for the, the largest convention in the entire state of Texas. It's the entire... It's the I'm enti- sorry. It's in the, the largest political convention in the world. In the world. Largest yeah. political convention in the world. That's right. That's right. And it's going to be right here in Texas. In Houston at the George R. Brown Convention Center. I'm going. You going? I'm definitely going. Yeah, I'll be there the whole week. It's going to be ground zero for Rona. Yeah. <laughs> ground zero for, <laughs> for the COVID-19. I, 
Yeah, there were a lot of articles that came out this week that were kind of bashing Republicans for still having our state convention. Mm. Like, well, there's not enough property for us to have it outside. Right. And then, I mean, I don't know if y'all have looked at the Republican Party lately, but mm. most of the most of the people there wouldn't really survive outside. Are you saying they're old as dirt? I'm saying that a lot of them <laughs> are older than, than me. Oh, okay. slightly. Just a little bit. Marginal. Like, you could be my dad, so. <laughs> I am your daddy, but anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, Mom. That just got real weird. <laughs> That's right. It, you're right. It's the largest convention uh, in the world, yeah. uh, political convention, and it could be, you know, that's going to be really tricky. And for people that are saying, hey, don't wear a face mask. Um, I wanted to have one of my friends on that actually, you know, is actually in the hospital right now. That's actually fighting, you know, to survive because he actually caught, you know, he got the COVID-19. And so hopefully he pulls through um, and he's a, a old business partner of mine. And I wanted to get him on the show. Couldn't get him on the phone before we came on the air. But he, you know, wanted to come on and talk to people about wearing uh, their PPE, their personal protection equipment, wearing that face mask when you're out and about and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, you know, just wash your hands, you know, bathe. A lot of people, man, I look at people's hands all day long. I'm thinking, man, your fingers, are, your fingernails are so dirty. Wash your hands. All right. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.